0: Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, bringing you a second episode today. Really excited. I'm just so pumped about the Boston Marathon that I couldn't only do one Boston Marathon episode. So we've heard from Sarah Hall today, and today we're also going to hear from Heather Jensen. Heather is a friend that I've met through Instagram, and she has been working to qualify for the Boston Marathon for 10 years and is running for the first time this year. I am so excited for Heather. Heather is the mom of three. She's an 18-time marathoner. She's a four-time Boston qualifier, though, and she's also completed two full Ironmans. What? Yeah. I was super excited to dig into what Ironman training looked like and how she cross trains and incorporates swimming and biking into her running training and how she got to her boston qualifier her first marathon was four hours and 35 minutes so she has a pretty inspiring story of progressively taking that down to her now pr of 321. i don't know that i've ever talked to someone as excited as she is to run Boston this coming Monday. So it was really fun to get to know her more and learn about her story. I want to thank Generation UCAN for continuing to support this podcast. This is the product I have used to train for my Boston training. You guys know maybe if you've been listening that I'm doing a big event with Generation UCAN in Boston this weekend on Saturday at 5 p.m. with a few other women in the podcasting scene in the running space. Terry Tollefson, Allie Feller, Tina Muir. It's five o'clock at the Sheridan downtown. We are really excited to talk with everybody and kind of share our stories a little bit and talk about the race. So Generation UCAN is sponsoring that event and it's just gonna be so much fun. UCAN though is fueled by a super starch. So what I love about UCAN is that you take it about 30 minutes before your long run and You do not have any crazy sugar spikes and you don't have any bonks. It gives you steady energy throughout your workout. And I do not have any stomach problems when I use this product. I know that a lot of people struggle with intestinal issues when they're running long distances and it's really hard to find a product that's just perfect for you. I recommend giving UCAN a try if that's something that you've struggled with in the past. Uh, The key is people have asked me about the consistency with UCAN. It does have a strange consistency. The key is to shake it up really good and to put it in the fridge. I would shake it up, put it in the fridge the night before your run, and then get it out in the morning or whenever you run and shake it up and drink it before you run. The stuff works, guys, it works. Anyway, you guys can save 15% off your order when you go to generationyoucan.com another and use the code ANOTHER19. That'll save you 15% and you get free shipping use the code another 19. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Heather. And just so you know, you can find Heather on Instagram. She's got quite the large Instagram following, uh, like 38,000 people try and run girl. That's T R I and run girl. And that makes sense because she is a hardcore triathlete as well. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram. I'm Lindsay lindsayhine626. Would love to connect with you over there. All right. Enjoy my conversation with Heather Jensen. Today on the podcast, I'm so excited to have Heather Jensen on the show. Welcome to All Have Another, Heather.
1: Hi, Lindsay. Thanks so much for having me.
0: My friend and your friend, Charlie Watson, is who connected us. I did, She's brought you to my attention, and now I'm an Instagram fangirl. I'm following you.
1: Oh my gosh. I love Charlie and I love you. I've been following you for a little while and you guys are both amazing. But yeah, Charlie, it's been so fun to connect with because she lives in England. I mean, I she's always here it's though. Amazing. She is. She totally is. I'm like, you <laughs> we actually well moved to the United States, girlfriend. I know. Seriously. We actually went, my husband and I went on a very first trip to Europe this summer. Um, I believe it was August of this last year for our 15 year anniversary. So I just dated myself right there, Um, (laughs) but I had made friends with Charlie and I said, Hey, we're coming to, to London and she dropped everything and spent the entire day with us and was our like personal tour guide. So she is something else. She is amazing. And we just, I had already known and loved her, but my husband was like, she's awesome. And we've stayed such good friends. And so, yeah, I'm so glad that we, we're able to connect through her. Cause she's just like one of the most amazing running, um, you know, people out there, especially on social media. I think she's doing such a great job. So totally. She's, she's not, nothing's fake. She's the real deal. Totally. And she's so genuine like that in real life. Like we just went and raced, um, me and a couple girls went down to, um, Phoenix and raced the Phoenix half. And she was there and hung out with us. And I was like, can you just sit and talk to us? And <laughs> speaking your your beautiful accent seriously i like joke with her i'm like can you read running books to me please
0: (laughs) well we'll move on from the charlie love fest but i have to say one more thing about her she's so pretty too like in real life i saw her in real life for the first time in new york last fall and i was like oh my gosh you're even prettier in person
1: (laughs) beautiful and she's beautiful inside and out she's amazing
0: yeah um okay you're about to run boston
1: Yes. So this is your first Boston. Are you excited? I'm beyond excited. I, I qualified, uh, for last year for 2018, um, and missed the cutoff by under a minute, 50 something seconds. And it was heartbreaking. Oh yeah. It was, it was a really dark time for me for, um, I found out right before, uh, I believe the cutoffs, you know, are in September. So I found out right before I was getting ready to run St. George marathon, um, in 2016 and yeah, that was, that was a really hard time. And, and, you know, we could talk about kind of that, that race and how that went, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've qualified, but, um, this is my first year actually running it. Okay. So, I was going to ask you about that
0: cuz I'm like you're a four-time qualifier, <laughs> but we're just now running. I'm like, did you run four yep. marathons in like a year and a half really quick to <laughs> to you qualify and then you kept qualifying? Okay, that's so interesting. Well, I I'm, I'm going to get put this out on Friday. So, it'll be super fun to get this out before the race. Oh, fun. Yeah. Yes. I have I'm actually going to do double episodes this Friday and I'm really excited cuz I've got an elite runner and then I've got a really exciting qualifying story that I'm so excited to share. Your story, um, so oh, you're so
1: sweet. Yeah, Thank
0: you. I think it's I think it's gonna be really cool for listeners to hear your road to getting here because a lot of people are trying to qualify for Boston for a lot of years. Totally, um, but let's do let's talk about your backstory though. You have three kids. You married your high school sweetheart. Tell us a little bit about your life in Utah.
1: Yeah, so um, I I was born and raised in Salt Lake City, um, a little suburb of Salt Lake City called Sandy for any Utah listeners, so um, I was on the swim team for about 10 years, that was kind of my thing, my parents saw that I was pretty good in the water at a young age and I expressed an interest to do swimming, so I swam for about 10 years and swam for um, anybody in that knows Brighton High School from Salt Lake, Utah area, we had a pretty We called it a dynasty of swimming. Um, We won 21 state champions in a row for women. And I think the the boys were 19 in a row. So we didn't mess around. I mean, we had 4.30 in the morning up to get to practice before 5 a.m. before school, you know, as a sophomore in high school, going to school with wet hair, coming back after school, (laughs) you know, lots of of time swimming. So that's kind of where my roots as um, like an athlete started. Um, but I, I did not like running at the time. <laughs> I was not a runner. I, we had to do dry land. Um, uh, we called it dry land exercises, you know, where we would do hill sprints and run and, uh, throw medicine balls and all that. And so my coach was really great about that. And so my beginning start as running was always, I mean, I have really bad memories of running when I was like a teenager. <laughs> I did not like it at all. And I did, uh, I also did Sure, uh, I tried up for the cheer squad when I was a junior in high school and did both my JV year, which was kind of crazy. But um, we had to run for cheer too, and I definitely wasn't the slowest. But I mean, I'm shocked that I'm a distance runner now because I just did not like it and I wasn't good at it.
0: I mean, but if you guys were winning state, that I mean, you had to be really good at swimming. I mean, that's that's major.
1: You know, I was I was a good swimmer. I look back, um, you know, my background. I've I've done Ironmans now, and so that was the swimming was the easiest part to pick up for me. I thought, oh great, you know, I I get to go swim for thirty minutes to an hour. Great, I love that, you know. Whereas I know a lot of people, it's opposite. The swimming's like the scariest part for them, you know.
0: Oh totally, I've done one half Ironman, and that was that was the feat. That's was, right. Was the swim like I was. It was just like, I had to teach myself how to swim and I knew that it would be really extremely slow. And the plus side to that is as a runner, like in a not very good bike rider, I'm at least passing some people on the bike and then you just pass the whole time on the run because, you know, all these swimmers got out. I mean, it took me, I want to say almost an hour. I think it took me 50 five minutes, maybe to do the half, the half Ironman swim, which is 1.2 miles. that's great.
1: That's not even bad. It's It's just not, I don't know. I felt like I was really slow. (laughs) I don't know for sure my time, but. No, as long as you make the cutoff and you're golden, you know, I mean, that's, and I love that you went out and did that because I mean, a lot of people would be scared to not make the cutoff and just be like, Oh, I'm not going to do it. You know? So I think, yeah, swimming is definitely something you have to put some time in, you know, there's a lot of technique and. Um, you know, it's definitely something that could be really intimidating. So. Do you still swim? I do. I, you know, I've been so focused on Boston. Uh, my very last Ironman was just last May. I did the Gulf Coast Ironman down in Florida. Is that a full, um, you did a full Ironman recently? I, I did, that one was a half. And then I did a full in 2016 and a full in 2017. Oh my gosh. Well, we have to talk about that too. I mean, I <laughs> yes. just like,
0: I can't imagine. My husband did one full Ironman. I mean, it's just like so, oh, did he? so much work though. I mean, we only had one, one kid at the time and at, at this point in our lives, like this just not happening. Um, our kids are pretty young still though, but I, I just like, at the time he, and he put so much time into it because he was like, I might only do this one time in my entire life and I want to execute and do it really well. And he
1: did, but man, it was a lot. It is. It's a lot. And bless my husband's heart. I promised him I wouldn't do one until our youngest (laughs) was fully in school, which is next year. And I've already done two. So, (laughs) But you've done, yeah,
0: you've, okay. So tell me, before we talk about Boston, because we're going to talk about that, tell me when you ran your first marathon and then how Ironman plays into all of this. Like when did the first Ironman happen?
1: Yeah. So kind of segueing from the swim, the swim team, um, you know, I had already had the swimming and, um, like I said, I married my high school sweetheart and we, uh, we waited about, I was 20 when we got married. I was very young, um, And my husband was 22, just turning 22. So we were babies. We were totally babies. Yeah, total babies. Yeah. Uh, But we waited about four years to have our first, to have our daughter. And um, I I wouldn't say that the pregnancy was a struggle, but I, you know, I kind of, I kind of struggled, like just kind of staying active just because I had stopped swimming. I was working full time. He was in school. And I had run some five and 10 Ks, but I had never really like tackled running. So um, after she was born, I got a jogger stroller and I signed up for my very first half marathon when she, it would have been at her seven seventh month mark. Um, Cause she was a January baby. So I signed up for one in, I think it was August. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of how that started for me. So I slowly picked up running and signed up for my first marathon when she was a year. So I kind of gotten that running under my feet and my goal, my other big goal was, my two big goals when I started this was qualify for Boston and do an iron Man. That was what I wanted to do. Um, and so I was terrible at biking. I had not biked. I didn't know anything about clipping in on a road bike and balancing and going for, you know, a two, three, four hour ride, nothing like that. So the biking was definitely the scariest part for me of trying to tackle that Ironman distance. Um, Even though I wasn't like the greatest or fastest runner at that point, i felt like, okay, I'd done like a few, you know, half marathons, a couple full marathons. And so after I had my second baby um, was when I signed up. I think he was, I think he was two and I signed up for my first um, half Ironman. So a 70.3 distance. You stay at home mom at this point? yes yep stay at home mom I I teach um I teach aerobics um that was kind of something that um after I stopped swimming I got into going to aerobics classes because I kind of just struggled with like not wanting to stay active but kind of like what's my thing you know yeah I'm not swimming as much anymore I didn't want to do it in college what what's my thing and I got really into like going to group fitness classes like everything from spin to um you know pump and yoga and everything so I got groups, uh, fitness certified and that was kind of my, you know, my first thing. So I started teaching when I had kids, which was really okay. a fun outlet for me. Um, but yeah, stay at home mom, you know, having babies and trying to run and, you know, do all that and the same, at the same time. And you do that every day. So I, I know you totally get that. Well, yeah. With your four boys.
0: And I get what you're saying with the, the bike thing, because I mean, that's the thing about the Ironman is like. Uh, that's the majority of the time you're spending on the is on the bike. Like it is. That's it's the biggest it's chunk. So
1: long. Totally. Um, yeah. So you have to you have to be physically and mentally prepared to be on a bike for that. One. <laughs>
0: um. Okay. So when did you do your
1: first full Ironman? So my first full Ironman came in 2016. Okay. Um, and I had signed up for. The uh, it's now called Santa Rosa. It used to be Vine Man. If anybody listening's familiar with Vine Man, uh one of the oldest or the oldest um, Iron Man distances in the United States. And then Iron Man actually bought it, so it wasn't an Iron Man brand previously. Okay. And then they bought it, and I had had a couple friends, you know, tell me about it, and I I just wanted to do it. There was just this itch inside of me that was like after I had done um, a few halves. Um, in fact, before I signed up for that, um, when my third baby was a baby, baby, I signed up for the St. George 70.3, which was actually my very first Ironman branded event. Cause the other 70.3 I did was just a local one in Utah and it was still the 73 point distance, but it wasn't an Ironman brand where you get to run down the red carpet. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's very glamorous as far as that goes. I mean, they're very good about branding and just making you feel like a star because you deserve it. You know, it's a huge distance to tackle. Um, and so I had signed up for that and I look back on this photo. Oh my gosh. I've posted it at least once on Instagram of, um, me showing up with my baby on my hip and my little six-year-old and then my three-year-old asleep in the stroller. And I'm like, I'm racing an Ironman tomorrow. Like, you know the half Ironman, but Saint George. Um, for any Ironman athletes that are aware, Saint George is one of the hardest, if not the hardest, arguably half Ironman distance out there on the circuit. It's just really hilly. Um, it's just a crazy half Ironman, and so I remember just being so green and not really knowing too much. But I think that was kind of my life motto at the time was yeah. just like, just sign up and figure it out along the way. Like, it's like motherhood. Like, yeah, just you do don't it. know what you're getting into until you have that baby. I mean, you can read all the books. Uh-huh. You can, you know, it's 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 kind of one of those figure it out along the way things and, and go do the race and see how you do. You know,
0: do you maintain like a triathlon based training like even when you're training for Boston now like are you still swimming and biking a decent amount or are you mostly just running I know you're teaching group fitness as well
1: yes so I teach um I'm kind of weird I think I'm such a big big believer in do what works for you because everyone's so different and I will never like knock what someone's doing and say oh that's wrong or you're running too little or too much or you should be cross training more or you should you know, I'm definitely a firm believer in crash training and I think everyone should do it just because I feel like I'm way less injured Mm -hmm, and I want to be doing this until I'm 80, you know, I want to do it because I love the sport. Um, but yeah, I, I teach group fitness. I actually teach a hit spin class, which is on a spin bike, but it's a lot of the same, you know, it's going to be the same muscles that you use, um, you know, when you're cycling. So, as of right now, I'm not. Typically, I would be swimming and b- biking a little bit more. Um, but I've just been so focused on Boston. I've been pretty heavy with marathon training and then just teaching my classes uh, for my cross training.
0: Yeah. Okay. So your your PR is two, 321.
1: 321. Yep. I got that just in October at the St. George Marathon.
0: Are you... I know that like time goals in Boston are kind of weird and it just depends on where your fitness is compared to where it was when you ran the three twenty one, And I know St. George is a pretty fast, fast course. Are you trying to PR? You're just trying to run your best race.
1: I think at this point I'm trying to run my best race, especially, I don't know if you've been watching yeah. the weather, but <laughs> it looks awful. It looks like it's going to be almost a repeat of last year. Yeah. It doesn't look, good. I, I mean, know. it looks a little warmer, but the temperature I think, keeps dropping. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sold that it's going to be a good weather day and that's Okay. <laughs> yeah
0: I know well i i I screenshotted the temperature, the here's the thing i I said because I was gonna come out to Boston either way, whether I ran or not to do this live podcast that I'm doing and kind of just like yes. be a part of the running community. but i I went ahead and signed up because I could, and then I was all saying, if it's like last year, I'm not even going to do it. Like, there's just no point. Like it's, I don't want to put myself in that miserable situation. I've ran Boston before, but then I'm like, I think I'm too prideful. Like, I I think I'm like, I don't think I could say I just decided not to do it. Like, I don't need to do it. I think I'm going to, no matter what, show up at the start line. Um,
1: totally. And I also
0: felt like a brat kind of doing that. Like, you're there, you have the registration and you're just not going to do it. So yeah. Anyway, I sent my husband a screenshot of the weather forecast
1: and he ran last year in the bad conditions. Right. He, re- I remember you said that on a podcast with somebody, one of yours I was listening to. Yeah. Is it Glenn- Is your husband's name Glenn? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, yeah, uh, he, Bless his heart. he said that it, the forecast that last year was like 100% rain the entire time. So we're like 60% now. That's not as bad as a hundred. We can do 60. That's okay. That could go down. If the temperature drops and then the, how about the temperature keeps dropping and we just get snow instead? (laughs) I'm totally fine with that because I've trained all winter in the snow. So I'm fine with that. (laughs) Okay. So tell me what, tell me what the breakthrough looked like, because I want to share with everybody your, your first marathon. What was it?
1: 435? Yeah, it was a 435. Um, and that was St. George, uh, 2008. So it was really funny cause everyone started posting. I had posted right after I ran last year in 2018, when I got my 321, and I had posted, you know, like my side by side and reposted that, um, again this week and everyone started doing the 10 year challenge. And I was like, I was doing it before it was cool. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a 10 year journey for me to get, I mean, I, I definitely had some good races in between, but it was about 10 years before I actually qualified and made it in with a fast enough time. Yeah. Um, so really my journey and I really hope for any moms, especially, I am definitely like everybody all for all for the support. Um, even men, you know, if you're, if you're a mom or not, but I really hope it speaks to the moms. Like I was training through, having three kids and three C-sections and sleepless nights and nursing and just trying to get everything done that you're supposed to do alone in a day and then trying to train for a fast marathon. Um, and it, it was hard. Like I didn't really give myself a lot of grace, like going through that at the time I would always, I was always happy to get my medal. Like like you were saying about Boston, like I'd never been one to go and like, be like, Oh, I'm not going to start. Cause I don't fall ready. Like mm-hmm. I always want to go and start. And, and obviously you can make that call race day. You know, if you're injured or something, I totally respect people that choose not to start. I'm not saying that in any way negative, but I think, um, I always went in trying to be as trained as I could and like, let's just see what happens. And so I was kind of always hoping for, you know, that miracle, perfect special marathon day and it just never happened. Um, and it wasn't cause I wasn't putting in the work, but I think I just was, um, my body was going through a lot and I, I didn't really have a running background to fall back on. You know, maybe some people can pop babies out and like jump right back into fast marathons. And I totally respect that. And I think they're superhuman, amazing. But for me, that was not the case. You know, I was, right in the throes of motherhood with three little kids and trying to run a 3:30 marathon, you know, and that just wasn't my body was like nope, uh uh-uh, uh that's not going to work. Um yeah,
0: yeah, and it's hard yeah. to like I mean, okay, so 2008, 9, 10, I mean, social media wasn't really huge quite yet, but like I it's hard to see other moms like just going out there and killing it and running super fast. And I, I could probably sound hypocritical because some people might look at me and in the past and think that I maybe was doing that. And it's, but it's like, I was just thinking about that this morning. Like I was so tired this morning. Like people are in and out of our room all (laughs) night long. Like you never know who's going to wake you up. There's some random nights that like you do get a lot of good sleep, but like, I'm like, probably just not going to get a run in today. And I had originally planned on it, but I'm like, I don't, I'm tired. Like, and, and I'm showing up at Boston this year. Like the same thing you're saying with how you were feeling when you were, you know, when your kids were a little bit younger, is like, I'm just happy to run the freaking race, you know?
1: Yes. I'm happy to be here and have a party with my friends and get my medal. And yeah, I think you, I think you definitely have to adjust your expectations a little bit as a mom, maybe. Um, and I definitely have seen some moms kill it. I think you're killing it. Like I saw your post about pushing your three kids in the stroller in your triple stroller. <laughs> like, it was super it was short though. Like it was only three miles.
0: I don't Still. I don't go much over that. I don't I don't enjoy pushing the triple so much. But it was kind of like, well, it's either load everybody up and go to the Y and spend like an hour, like packing everything we need to pack and then coming home. And, you know, it was just like such a long process for not a very long period of time that I had. So I ended up pushing them, but I don't, I don't honestly love the triple. Now when I had one, two babies, like, man, we did like 15 mile, 20 mile runs with that stroller. I mean, it was like a different ball game than
1: it is now. Now if I'm doing 15 miles, I better be alone. (laughs) Totally. No, I've definitely done some, I think I've done around the 10 to 15 mile mark with uh, a couple of my, my two olders when they were little, but that was just in a single, like you yeah. are super mom for three. Oh my gosh. Oh, trust me. I'm not doing That's 15 crazy. with the
0: triple. I will not. <laughs> <laughs> That's insanity. Insanity. Do you feel so? So when you finally were able to all the pieces matched and, and you were able to qualify for Boston and you qualified and then you had that cutoff that you didn't make, how old was your youngest?
1: So let's see, that was 2016. Um, So he was three.
0: That sounds really good. Like that sounds like a really healthy place to be going after PRs when your youngest is three.
1: Yeah, it was. And it was, um, you know, I'm actually really proud of that race because I started that race tired. Yeah. Like I didn't have a good week. I didn't sleep well Mm. um, because kids were in our room and all of the other things going on. And I do remember looking back, starting that race, I was tired. It was a really hot day and I still qualified. And I remember like, I'm still so proud of that race. I was self coached at that race. Okay. as well. Um, so for me, I mean, I definitely had some guidance and help from people throughout the years. Um, one of my really good friends, Rochelle, like started coaching me just to, cause she'd never really coached before. And she said, well, let me help you. And that was back when I was like, still, I don't think I'd had my third yet. So um, you know, I definitely had some help along the way, but at that point, um, I kind of thought, well, I'm golden to get into Boston. I had got two and a half minutes under the cushion, um, because I had aged up. So that was my magical year too, because I was still 30. What was I almost 34 and I would have been 35 at the 2018 Boston marathon. So I got the extra five minutes. Okay. So I ran a 3.37 and I'm still really proud of that time. It was still a BQ. Um, But at that point, I kind of thought, well, I'm good because every year before this, it's been under two and a half minutes. So I should be good. Well, fast forward, I had to wait. That was an October marathon. That was the very first year I could have qualified, first month I could have qualified for Boston 2018. And fast forward to September, I remember I was on a trip to New York with my husband and I said, we can't leave the hotel until I registered for Boston. It was that, you know, that morning that we were supposed to register. And I remember just thinking like, I'm so excited to go, you know, making plans with friends. And then, you know, we heard back that they had raised the cutoff to three, like 50, whatever it was. Um, so I missed it by under a minute and it, it broke my heart. I, I, I tell this story a lot to people that ask because it was. It meant so much to me, um, and I knew that I earned it. And I would. And it was almost like Boston was saying, "You're not good enough." Still, and I know that's not true, but it. It really hurt me as this journey of a runner that I had been on, and I cried. I cried for like a week. I was so upset, and at that point, I had hired a coach who is my really good friend Ashley. She's um, a happy pace on Instagram. Oh yeah, Charlie's she coach is too, right? Yes, Charlie's coach too. Yep, she's just such a fantastic human being and coach. And I had hired her as a coach for my first Ironman, which was that summer. And so she helped me. She's great because she does Ironman coaching and marathon coaching. Oh, that's awesome! And so she, oh, totally, she gets you, you. a lot. Yeah, yeah. And she's a mom, so that was like, I'm telling you, that was the key. Like I was putting in the work, but I was doing like extra. Miles when I didn't need to, mm. and not listening to my body when I was tired. And she really taught me how to train smart for races. Um, and so going in off that full Ironman into St. George was the week after I had been told no from Boston, and what? I was signed up to run the St. George Marathon.
0: Oh wow! A
1: week after you were doing a full a week Ironman? after
0: wow. Uh, so oh, that sorry. was already so a week part after of... I
1: found out from Boston.
0: That's when you were doing so, your Ironman.
1: My Iron Man was in July and then I found out about Boston in September. And then the next week was St. George Marathon in oh, okay. October, the okay. first week of October. Gotcha. So that's kind of the timeline. So it wasn't a very quick turnaround. Like it's not super smart to race like a full marathon that quickly after a full Iron Man. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's like what, she four knew months? her
1: stuff. Yeah. I mean, like three months maybe because yeah. it was the very end of July. Yeah. So August, September. No, I mean, it was like two months. <laughs> it was yeah, too much. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't very quick turnaround but Ashley was like I believe in you. I'm going to be really careful about the way we get you into this. You've already be cute, let's see if we can get you another one. Well, like I said I cried for a week and then I kind of in the back of my mind I had this fire lit but I was also like one last marathon and then if I don't get it I'm done. Mm. I just I was I even get emotional thinking about it with Boston, sorry with Boston coming up on Monday because I almost quit. Mm. I almost gave up and I had started Instagramming my journey right after I had my third baby, right. When Instagram was brand new, you know, I had a little blog going on, but I was like, I'm going to try this Instagram thing. And it was such an amazing support. Like I had people reaching out to me left and right, just saying, I'm so sorry. I feel your pain. I missed the cutoff too. Um, but you can do it. And so that fire was lit in me and I went and ran St. George and I ran a 3:29. Oh wow. And right off of an Ironman, I had no business running a sub 3:30. Um and I did and it was like I never hit the wall. I had like, you know, quote unquote the most perfect marathon race I'd ever had to that point. And I I say this to this day Boston Tollingino was one of the Best things, best and worst things that had ever happened to me as a runner. Um, because it really lit that fire in me to be like, do I want to fight for this? And if they tell me no, am I going to say, okay, watch me? You know, I'm going to stand up and do it again.
0: So you call, qual- so this was the fall of
1: 2000. This was fall of 2016 or 2017. I might be getting off on my dates. I'm sorry. Okay. So this is 20- 20. Twenty. No, this was twenty. <laughs> now I'm rocking my brain here to make sure I'm getting the right year. 2017.
0: Yeah. Okay, because you've gone on to run a 3:21. So was that was that the race though that qualified you for this race, the 2019
1: race? So, uh, so yeah. So 2017 is the right year for St. George. Sorry. Yeah, that was the right year for the 3:29. And then in February of 2018. Um, I had that confidence boost finally that I had got the time. And at the time that was 10 minutes under, you know, Boston's dropped it again since that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they just keep dropping it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You want us to get faster? We got, we'll do it, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So, but, but I had signed up to do the Phoenix marathon, um, February of 2018 and I ran a 3:23 at Phoenix. Um, and that was a huge confidence booster for me too. I was like, Oh, I did it even better. Like Mm -hmm. I am a good marathon runner. Like I can do this, you know? (laughs) So all thanks to my coaching and just this journey I've been on. I mean, for anybody out there listening, I know I get so cheesy about it, but Boston was just my dream for so long. So to go through that whole roller coaster of emotions and then to come out on top and have now four Boston qualifying times under my belt well under the standard well under the standard yeah that I mean it just shows it just shows you that you can't like instant pot your success like you've got to like crock pot that thing and if it takes you 10 years it takes you 10 years and people don't want to hear that no that's hard for people to hear they want the next quick thing um and I I want that too sometimes in life I'm like crap what can I make for dinner really quick instant pot you know yeah But, you know, you've got to, you've got to put the time in, you've got to go through the emotions, you've got to be invested as an athlete in your performance, and in your training. And, you know, hopefully it all pays off race day. And for anybody out there that's listening that has yet to qualify for Boston, if I can do it, you can do it. Like, I'm telling you, going from a 435 marathon to a 321 was not easy, but you can do it. Like, I, I know you can do it. So there's my soapbox about that. Hey,
0: everybody. I want to take a quick break to thank a sponsor for this episode, which is Fun. Has anybody out there tried Fun? I just did for the first time. And this is a seasonal subscription box with full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. It retails at $49.99, but always has a value over $200. Man, that is true because I just got a box for the first time and it was definitely worth over $200. You can use the coupon code ANOTHER for $10 off your first box when you go to FabFitFun.com. You can use the coupon code ANOTHER for $10 off your first box at www.FabFitFun.com. So really that would be getting over $200 worth of stuff for $39.99. So these boxes sell out fast and you're going to want to sign up today to get yours some of the favorite products that I received in my box included a beach towel. I know that sounds weird, but this is actually super random. We don't own beach towels. Like anytime I've gone to the beach with my kids, we always just take, or the pool even, we always just take bath towels. So we now have one beach towel, which I never would have thought to buy, but thanks to Fun, I have a beach towel. And I also got this cute little jewelry holder, which really came in handy because I have a ring holder for my engagement and wedding rings but I don't have a little tray for my actual other jewelry. And so this is super cute and I just put it on my dresser. I'll actually put that in my Insta story because it's that cute. You can expect beauty products from, you can expect skincare from Glam Glow, Kate Somerville, Dr. Brandt, Anthropology, and Juice Beauty, all kinds of fun brands. So check out this seasonal box, go to fabfitfun.com and use the code ANOTHER so you can save $10 off your first box, making it only $39.99. Again, that's fabfitfun.com and use the code ANOTHER. All right, everybody, enjoy the rest of my conversation with Heather Jensen. I talk to a lot of people who say, you know, even outside of this podcast, who say, oh, qualifying for Boston is just like not in the cards for me. I've been 430 marathon or whatever, five hours, 415, whatever it may be. And I almost always beg to differ. I almost always say, well, with the right experience, the right training, the right progression, the right commitment, you it's probably actually in your cards if you really want to do it. My sister's one of them. My sister ran a, she's ran like nine marathons. And I think I remember when she broke four hours, it was like a big deal, and I coached her to like make sure she negative split and. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and I I, I actually remember I was at church and I was like tracking her like every five minutes, looking down at my phone, and <laughs> totally. yeah, and um, she ran like a, I think it was like a three fifty eight or something, and I'm like, man, if you can run a three fifty eight, if you really do the training right, you can definitely qualify for Boston. <laughs>
1: Totally. Oh, yeah. I remember the first time I broke four, um, and I actually ran with a broken arm. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's that's a long story. That's a weird long story. Oh, my gosh. You ran a marathon with a broken arm? Yeah. I was like four weeks past a broken arm. I broke it on a training run. We'll just say that. I broke it on an (laughs) 18-mile training run. Um, The only time I've ever tripped on a run, and then I actually broke my arm. literally broke your arm literally broke my arm my doctor like was like you're crazy I don't want you running a marathon but you're gonna do what you're gonna do so
0: (laughs) (laughs) did you have a cast he was
1: funny I didn't have a cast so I had like a half cast that he gave me because he's like you're an adult I know you're gonna want to shower so I'll give you a half cast you need to put it right back on I mean it was fractures I had double fractures in my wrist and in my elbow so it wasn't like a clean break across the you know the bone but it was it was really painful and jarring to like move my elbow. I had no idea. Yeah. Like how much I used my upper body to run uh-huh. until it hurt. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, it's super weird.
0: And now you're um, like, I'm gonna break four hours so I can just freaking be done with this race so my elbow
1: can stop <laughs> Totally. Yeah, so I like KT taped it and then I had like a little um I had like a little um kind of a half like a makeshift cast that I think I wore. I can't remember. I'll have to look at a photo and see if I actually wore it during the race, but I just remember like being like, don't fall, don't fall. Cause if you break it again, like but anyways, I ran uh I think it was a 357, and I remember just being so proud of that sub four. Like that was a huge moment for me. So I think these little it's so easy to look and see, like, you know, 435 to 321. Like there was a lot. I mean, this is my 19th marathon on Monday that I'll be running. There was a lot of training and marathons and uh, running wisdom that I gathered over the last ten years. Um, I'll use my crockpot reference again. Yeah, <laughs> crock potting away in my in my running career, where um, you know you've got to you've got to find those little breakthroughs and then feed off those and keep going.
0: So, with working with your coach, when you ran your three twenty one, which is your PR now, are you, did you peak out at a higher mileage? What does your mileage look like?
1: So before that race, I actually got a really awesome opportunity to go um, film workout videos in Spain with iFit and Nordic truck. Oh, wow. So yeah. And it was like right during training. And I was like, I'm not going to say no to this. Like, this is an amazing opportunity. So um, it was to film bike videos in Spain. And I was like, absolutely. So I call Coach Ash and I say, what do you think? And she's like, yep, let's, let's do it. So I was biking. I was keeping my cardio up. I did a lot of biking. I ran when I could. Um, so it wasn't actually like a perfect optimal training cycle. Um, but we had really great weather that day. It was just kind of cloudy and overcast. And I felt really good going into race day for the most part. Um, so I I definitely think I hit like a couple 50, 55 mile weeks leading up to St. George. Okay. But it wasn't like an optimal training cycle. This training cycle for Boston, I the highest I did was 60. Okay um, around 55, 50, 60, uh, one, one week at 60. So yeah. So I, I definitely am not like a 70 to 80 mile a week or like that just doesn't work for my body, mm-hmm. but this training cycle has been great. And I, I hit 60 and I felt really pretty great. So we'll see what happens race day, but, um, that's kind of what it looks like for me. And, and kind of to answer your earlier question, like the breakthrough for me was getting a coach. Like, yeah. I don't know, I don't know how you feel about coaching, but I just think it's so, it's so great. And you don't need to be elite to have a coach. Like people think it's just for elite runners or people that are, you know, I don't know. They, it's not, it's not something that you um, have to be like privileged to have, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think that 60 miles, I, that's, about the high, around the highest I've ever peaked out in marathon training as well, and I, yeah, I think it's I think there's something about that 60 mile mark, or give or take five or ten maybe miles, that is just like actually still doable to have a full life outside of running, and but also to still feel fully committed. Like not everybody can do that many miles because they might get injured, but like I just think it's enough to be super successful, but also not too much. Does that make sense?
1: I totally amen that. That is so true. I feel like, I feel like around 50 to 60 is where I feel really confident and strong in my running, but Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm dying.
0: Yeah. Like, Like I'm just like tearing my body apart.
1: Yeah. Or just like such a blob on the couch the rest of the day uh-huh. that you can't function as a mom or. Oh, yeah. It's um, like so hard. I know. Yeah. Right. Like you just you have, have to days like, where you're just still like... <laughs> do things and like take yeah. care of people. I guess I have to get up and take you to school and do the dishes and you yeah, know all like, those things.
0: Yeah. Now talk to me about this Boston thing just a little bit deeper. Like what is the like talk to everybody about the significance of qualifying for Boston because a lot of people want to do it. And, you know, it's interesting. I, when I talk to other people, like I was doing my Pilates class the other day and the instructor's talking to me and I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm running the Boston marathon. Even people that don't know anything about running, they're like, Oh, the Boston marathon, you got to qualify for that. Right. Oh yeah. So as someone who took lots of years to make that happen, what, what is the significance and what does it mean to you?
1: You know, when I signed up for my first marathon, I had this dream in the back of my head and I thought, I really want, I mean, I knew it I always say it took me this many tries. I knew I wouldn't qualify on my first one, probably. I mean, clearly, but it was all in the journey. But I had always known about Boston. I had um, you know, a few friends that were a little older than me that I had met through running um my my start of running marathon distance running actually started in, we lived in Southern Utah where the St. George marathon is. So I don't know if you're familiar with Southern Utah, but that's, you know, where all the national parks are and mm-hmm. Zion and Bryce Canyon. And, um, there's just a really great close knit running community down there that I found when I was first starting to run. And I had a couple of friends that had qualified and we're always talking about it. And I, you know, of course got excited and researched it. And I was like, I want to do that. So My very first time running, I didn't think I would necessarily qualify. But it was like, this is what my purpose of doing this is. Like, I'm driven to hopefully one day qualify for Boston. And it's just, I mean, it's just the mecca of the sport. Mm -hmm. Like, New York, I felt that way too. New York's the largest, like 75,000 runners were there this last year. Huge event. And that you have to qualify for as well. Well, you can qualify for it as well. Um, which I did this last year. And I loved having that feeling of qualifying for New York as well. Um, But Boston, there's just something about Boston that I am so excited to experience on Monday that I've just been dreaming about. Like, it's just something that I know I won't be able to know what it feels like until I go do it and get there and be with the best runners and say I'm a qualified runner to be there with them. There's something about that camaraderie of, of the sport and respect for the sport. And then of course, you know, the bombings in 2013, that brought on a whole new meaning to me of wanting to do it because it just was, I do you remember seeing that when it happened on TV or hearing about it on the news.
0: Yeah. I was at work and I was, I was like tracking people cause I wasn't there that year. And I remember I was in my office and I was like, I worked for Back of My Feet, which is like a running based organization. And I ran into the other guy's office and I was like, do you see what's going on? Like, this is a, re- this is really happening. Like, this is like, this is like a big deal right now. Like it was, yeah, it's like, it's like nine, 11. You
1: remember where you were? Yes, absolutely. I was eight months pregnant standing in a golf shop in Hawaii on my husband's work trip <laughs> and was wanting to, to get there. And that was the year they lowered the times five more minutes. And I remember standing there and just sobbing. Yeah. And just saying, I can't believe that this happened. Like, I can't believe that somebody would do this to at a at a marathon race. Like, it just brought on a whole new meaning to Boston Strong and like really making me want to go and be there and represent marathon runners and you know, stick it to the awful people that did that. That was definitely a turning point for me where even though they had just lowered the times again, I was like, now I want to be there more than ever because of this. And I want to be a part of the Boston Marathon Club. And it just, I don't know. I think there was a lot of different things over the last 10 years that really lit my fire. But I remember that moment just feeling so much um, anger for for that, for the people that were affected by that. And also just, like I said, just a Boston strong, like, you know. I want to be there and I want to, we want to prove how strong we are.
0: Yeah. And I, I love the, I love the idea of having something like, what's the reason behind all this and like what, you know, some people just want to run a marathon to finish a marathon, but I love the idea of like all those years, all that hard work, like here's an end goal, you know, like here is where I want to be. And I think that that probably motivates a lot of people to keep, keep trying.
1: Well, thank you. I, I hope so, too. I'm kind of a I'm kind of a cheesy. I like all the inspirational quotes and the cheesy stuff. I just like living life that way. I like living with a greater purpose and finding joy in the mundane. You know, there's a lot of mundane things in life, like, you know, with kids, like, <laughs> there's just a lot of, you know, dishes and laundry and stuff. And we do it because we love our kids. And, and I love being a mom. But there's also a lot of joy I find in like, working, getting up early and working out really hard and killing that tempo run before I come home and put my mom hat on and just going through that journey and being like, yeah, I did this for myself. Like it might sound selfish, but it's like, I did this because I want to show my kids that I value hard work Mm -hmm. and I value, you know, whatever that is in life, you know, whether it's your job or, or being a parent or whatever it is. I value, this is something I wanted to do for a long time and I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to give up till I get there. And I put value in what I'm doing on a daily basis. And that really creates, you know, I'm such a believer in schedules and like doing the little daily things to keep yourself like on track. I think that's such a big, um, important way to live a healthy, happy, positive life. Um, and I'm not perfect at it, but I think that really helps. So so, yeah. Are you
0: what's next, though? Because it's like, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, well, once I break three hours in the marathon, like, I'm OK with just running for fun. But will I be, you know, so like now yeah. you have Boston and then some
1: like what do you, what now? OK, so I want to ask you first what. Um, where are you going to try to break three this year? Oh, or are no. you working on that now? No, 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 no. I um. <laughs>
0: I, probably in like, I'd say when that happens, if that happens, it'll probably be three years from now. I, um, I ran a 311. Let the baby grow up a little bit? Yeah. I ran a 311 between baby three and four. Um, That's right. You did. Yeah. And it was a year postpartum and it was a real hard year for me and my family. That's
1: incredible.
0: My mother-in-law passed away and like, like a couple months before and like just things were not good like just in bit life was a bit crazy and so um and i and i <laughs> this is like a caveat but i had fallen 3 or 4 days before the race and i had like a swollen ankle that i was running on no. yeah it was i had fallen like carrying my son down the stairs and so anyway all that to say it really made me excited because it was like man I was not feeling good that day and I was coming off just a year after having a baby. And so it just made me realize what my potential truly was. And so
1: that is an incredible story. <laughs> it's
0: like I, I remember I fell and I was like, well, and I, I was laying on the floor in the garage and I was like, I don't know if I can like stand up right now. And then it just kept swelling and bruising. And, um, but I think I had peaked out too at like 40 miles So I wasn't running. That is an
1: incredible story. (laughs) So Seriously.
0: But when what I'm hearing when I talk to you is like I love hearing that you started running your faster marathons when your youngest was like three. You know, because I can see it so much more clearly how just how I, I, I feel like I will feel so much Different as a person, like I have a seven-month-old right now. Like, just life has to feel a lot different when you're not actually changing diapers and up all night,
1: right? It's so true, and I mean, it's still never guaranteed as a mom, but it's so right, night right, right. And day Different. Yeah, my six-year-old's so been on a floor day bed
0: for like two years in our room, so I get that. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's so night and day different, so that I can actually kind of plan on better sleep now. I mean, it's not perfect, but um. I think you're such a rock star. Holy cow for doing that. That's amazing. Um,
0: I'm not, I'm not going to be back in shape that fast this time around. The fourth (laughs) baby was like, man, I just like, I'm really moving slow. I mean, Boston this year, I'm like, I'm just, I've done the bare minimum to get to the start line injury free and to be able to finish. So it'll be, it'll be slow, but, um, yeah. I mean, in three, I'd say three, three years is probably like a good goal for like running real fast again. So, um, I'll just I love that. take my time to get there.
1: I think that's so smart too. Cause it's like, like I said, like when I start, started coaching with Ashley, like she just trained me how to like train smart, or she taught me how to train smart. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, like you have like big goals, but you have like realistic ones along the way, like, okay, I'm going to set this goal. And if it doesn't happen, by this year, it's not a fail, you know, yeah. like you, you just keep going. And and when it happens, it'll happen at the right time. I'm such a believer in like timing, even though at the time you hate it. But it's like, looking back now, I'm like, such a believer in like the journey I went on personally. Um, so I think that's so smart of you for like, being like, okay, I'm gonna wait, you know, three years before I like, really start to train because it just would almost be doing a disservice to yourself to like, try to put that expectation on your body when it's been through so much, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean I'll pick it up, but like it'll be slow. Now tell yeah. me but but this isn't about me. Everybody's like, Lindsay, you're the host. What is next? Like you you did your three twenty one, you're running Boston, like you've done two Ironmans.
1: What you're clearly a goal driven person. What's the next goal? Oh, well, thank you. You know, I have had a little bit of blinders on just with Boston in the, in the view and somebody on Instagram messaged me, I think a week or two ago and they said, what's after Boston for you? And I was like, I hadn't even thought about that. Like, I don't know. Like, so I'm definitely signing up for the St. George marathon again in October because it will be my 20th marathon unless I do one before, which I don't think I will, but, um, It'll be my 20th marathon and my 10th year doing St. George. And they have this big, like 10 year club that you can get into. Oh, fine. And I always dreamed of that. I heard about it when I ran my first one and I thought, oh, I want to get in the 10 year club. So I'll definitely be running St. George. Um, Boston, I've had such a great training cycle. I'm not, I, I don't know where I'll be because I know the course isn't as downhill as St. George. I mean, I'm not stupid. I know it's a harder course. But I do feel like I'm gonna go out and run my very best race that I can. Um, so I think my next marathon goal. Um I really like to dream big, but I'm all about like getting there appropriately. I think my next big goal would be to sub 315. Mm-hmm. Um I haven't really like shared that out loud too. There much, we go. But I think I'm going to. So She's there you go. To. Here it is. Exclusive on <laughs> I'll have another. Um, so I think a sub three fifteen is gonna be my next marathon goal. I really want to do that. And I think I'm capable of it. Um, if it doesn't happen, I'm fine, but I definitely think that would be my next goal for that. So hopefully at St. George, that'll hopefully be the goal. And then, yeah, hopefully another Ironman within the next year. I'm hoping to either do, I'll for sure do another half Ironman, but maybe another full. Wow. Um, my big, big other dream other than Boston is to get to Kona. That would be What's the quest for Kona thing? Oh, so just in a nutshell, what that was, um, it was such a great opportunity. Um, I got contacted by NBC in 2017, the beginning of 2017. Um, And they said, we've got this TV show uh, with Ironman and NBC sports. And we are really interested in you applying if you're interested. And I checked it out. And it was basically a reality show about what training for an Ironman looks like for um, the year that I did it. It was about just kind of Normal athletes. I don't know if that's the right, like average athlete. Um, I don't know if that's the right word. I don't want to offend anybody, but um not non-elite. No. <laughs> um uh, people get you know, offended too easily. Not... Move along if you're offended right. by that. I, exactly. That's I never try to offend anybody. Yeah. But if I've offended you, I'm sorry. There's no <laughs> I never just know if I've offended you, it was not on purpose. anybody out there listening? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, uh, I've learned that with social media. Oh, it's, it's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. Anyways. So they took these, um, you know, they, they pooled, uh, there was 10 of us that actually got through and there was a lot of interviews and I kind of kept thinking, I'm not going to make it. And I kept making it past each interview. And so long story short, um, they had me do the Ironman Santa Rosa race, which was the original vine man that I did in 2016. They just renamed it. Okay. Um, so I did that in 2017 that summer and I had a cameraman come out to my house for a whole weekend and film my family and they came to my daughter's dance competition and came and filmed me swimming at the pool at five in the morning. And, you know, should be taking my kids to school and just kind of did the whole, like, what is your life as a mom and an Ironman athlete. And then they came and filmed the entire race and showed my results. And, and it just was a really cool experience. It was definitely a little stressful yeah. to put yourself out there in that fashion, but it was a really amazing experience.
0: Okay, so what's your best Ironman time?
1: So at Gulf Coast for a 70.3, I ran a 520. Oh, that's fast. Just in May. Oh, thank you. It was a big PR because I'd only raced St. George, which is just so So hilly. crazy. So like Coast the time is, is so irrelevant. Fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I was like six six hours plus at St. George every year. And then I ran a 520. And I worked my tail off for it, but the course definitely makes a difference. So. Oh, sure. um so a five twenty, and then I ran a twelve. What was my my time at Santa Rosa was twelve hours and something. I, I would have to look it up. I can't even remember. That's what was terrible. your marathon in it? Um, it was. I mean, it was slow. An Ironman marathon is definitely different than like oh, a BQ sure. marathon. Yeah. It was like four four something for like 15, fifteen, four twenty something in that yeah, range. That's I kept four, four twenty something. Yeah, it it was fine. I actually was really sick to my stomach on the run the entire day and I had a camera crew following me, so it oh, was very gosh. not glamorous. I had to like port a potty dash. It was oh. yeah, TMI for everybody listening, but um that's the truth, you know? Yeah. Now so to get to Kona,
0: I know how it works. Like you have to be a certain place, right? At at a certain race. What is that? I know it's like a weird
1: yeah, so your husband's done an. He did a full Ironman. You
0: said he did Ironman. He did Wisconsin in two thousand twelve. Okay. Awesome.
1: Yeah. So you, it's all based. That's the thing. Like Boston qualifying time is basically a time. Like yeah. you know, you have to get under that, but it's a time set. With Ironman, it's like you have to be one or two typically. Okay. In your division. In your. So age you have group. no idea. Yeah, in your age group division. Yeah, so you have no idea until race day who's going to be there and how good they're going to feel. So it's really like, I always say this, but it's really like sports biggest gamble because it's Mm -hmm. like the longest, toughest day in sports. And then you're just chancing that you're going to be the best one out there in your division that day. So Mm -hmm. to get to Kona is like winning the lottery after putting in all this hard work.
0: So like, is that behind the elites? Like, do they place like top 10 and then do it? Or do the, do the elites count? into that? Do you know what I mean?
1: Um, so I believe they do the, the pro women and men separate and okay. then they do it by age group. So okay. you would win your, like if I got first or second in my age group, then I would be able to like punch that slot. But like, so what,
0: like what kind of times do you have to do? I know it's like not a time thing, but like realistically, what are you looking at taking off of your, say you went and did, uh, the same one you did where you did the 12, whatever, like w- where are you looking to make your biggest improvements to make that happen? Like your sounds like the swim is probably like
1: your golden. Yeah. The swim I feel really confident in and I'm still not the fastest swimmer. Cause I didn't distance swim. I okay. mean, I definitely was a, I was a sprint freestyler, so don't get me wrong. That totally helps me, but I wasn't a distance swimmer. I mean, I kind of petered out because we were just tapered for like 50, hundred sprints. Um, so I definitely have to learn how to like swim longer and like pace myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel really golden in the swim. And then, um, I definitely have picked up biking. I'm, I'm very, very comfortable with my bike now. I I feel pretty confident with my bike, even though I'm not fast. Um, and then the run, of course, I'm feeling way better than I ever have in my whole life with running. So really you have to take each distance and then it's your overall time. But yeah, I mean, I was 20th in my age group with a 12. Gosh, I've got to look okay. up that time. That's I'm sorry. Good. I don't know it 20th. off the top of my wow. head. I was 20th. And then at Gulf Coast with my 70.3 time, which you could qualify to go to Worlds if you're in the top tier, just depending on the roll down. But I was like 12 with oh, a wow. 520. So it depends on the race day. You know what I mean? that's why the time. Mm-hmm. I do like that the time is irrelevant because yeah. you can have such a faster course. Mm-hmm. And it still doesn't matter. You still have to be the fastest one that day.
0: So do you think you'll be excited to kind of, you're going to do St. George this fall and then next year, maybe do the Ironman again. Do you think that'll feel like refreshing to kind of transfer energy from run, run, run to a different goal?
1: Yeah, I love as much as I adore running and marathon running and it's like my biggest passion and I am so excited for Boston. Like this is like one of the biggest, oh, it's going to be one of the biggest days of my like running life. Um, I love Ironman. I love triathlon. I love the change up it gives on your muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all marathon runners should bike. I yes. used to not feel that way. Um, but I've changed my opinion on that after I've been biking, I feel like it's so good for your muscles, you know, to switch quad and hamstring and get that change up. It's so beneficial for your muscles. Um, and it doesn't pound. Yeah. So I love that about triathlon that you can go swim and bike and run and you change the muscles. And so I'm definitely not as sore after like a 70.3. I'm way more sore after I'm like trying to race like a 320 marathon. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's less hours, but it's like you're changing up your muscle groups. So, yeah, I think training for that's nice because you're, you know, you're switching it up like Monday, you might have a swim and a run and then Tuesday you have a bike and a run and then Wednesday you have a long bike or, you know, whatever your schedule is, you get a lot of variation in it. And so it takes a lot of the kind of the boring out of it. If you would call it that, like the, the monotony of just like run, 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 um, and as much as I love to get in that groove too, I felt really good on that sixty mile week where I was, you know, hitting a twenty miler and like a mid twelve mile mm-hmm, week. Um, and those kind of things. I felt really good doing that, but I definitely think it's good to change it up and not do that constantly to your body. Like it's just really hard on your body to train for like three, four marathons in a
0: year. Now you have me wanting to do a triathlon.
1: <laughs> there you go. You have girl. me wanting
0: to sign up for a half Ironman. <laughs> do it. Oh my gosh. No. I oftentimes wonder when I did my half Ironman, it was 2013. And I'm like, I, I was in the yeah, best which shape. Which one did you do? Muncie in Indiana. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. Cause I, we live in Indianapolis, so it's just an yes, hour yes, from yes. us. Um, and I remember when I did that, I, I was in the best shape of my life. Like I was just fit, you know, and I was I probably running three days, maybe four days a week, probably. Yeah. Better,
1: but yeah, you're not overdoing the running, which is no, kind of because
0: And that's the thing as a runner, you don't need to, because like I'm going to be able to finish the half marathon. Um, right. And I had to really teach myself how to swim and bike, but yeah, I, I, oftentimes kick myself because I'm like, I really should have, that was in July. I really should have raced a fall marathon coming off that fitness just to see like, after my bot, like my body super rested from not running too much, but also in like peak fitness and then ramp up training for a few weeks. But I didn't. So I'll have to think about that another time. <laughs> hey,
1: It's okay. But yeah, I think okay, we should sign up for one and do it together for I, real. We should. I, you will put like that be an hour like ahead window. of me, but. <laughs> no, no, but really it's so fun to sign up for races with friends and like train, even if you're like virtually training. It's so fun. Well, you'll have I to love give it. me my
0: swim workouts and my bike workouts.
1: <laughs> Done. Deal. I got you covered.
0: I'm thinking, <laughs> I know, I'm like, man, I, I think in the next couple years I probably will do. And I, I think that that's the thing is like, it's a really good way to get yourself in marathon shape without injuring yourself because you're, Oh, absolutely. You're right. You're getting yourself in like peak fitness, but you're not running too much. And then you can kind of parlay into more
1: running. Absolutely. I love, I just love, like I said, how it feels on your body. Like it really, it, it is great. Like you said, like you felt like you were in the best shape of your life. Like yeah. I, I feel like that a lot, like, Definitely during full Ironman training, but I was just, just so tired. Oh, I can't imagine. But like, yeah, like 70.3 training. Like I felt really dang good. Like during 70.3 training. Yeah. It's Um, way doable. (laughs) I can't even imagine. And I respect both distances because if you're trying to race a fast 70.3, that's hard. I mean, it's, I remember doing that at Gulf Coast and I felt good, but I remember being like, wow, that was definitely like hard. Like, you know, there's definitely like a difference. Um, I think it was when you had Des Linden on your show and she was talking about racing a half compared to a marathon. And she was like, Oh, I'd rather like run a marathon than race a half because it just hurts in such a different way. Oh, sure. Yes. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I totally agree with that in most distances. Like, it's just such a different kind of hurt.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Racing a half marathon is so hard.
1: <laughs> it's so hard. It scares me to death. It scares me because it's of so fast. Yeah, I just did that at Phoenix in February as a prep for Boston, and had my second fastest uh, halftime, and you know loved it. But it, I mean, it hurt. It kind of hurt the whole time. I was like, I felt good, but I was like, okay, are we about done? Like, yeah, you know, like, by mile like twelve, you're like, I'm, I'm done. Mile eleven, I'm ready to be done.
0: <laughs> I mean, really, three miles into a half, like I'm. working oh, yeah.
1: real hard already. <laughs> totally, totally.
0: Um, all right, Heather. Well, let's do into the podcast questions. And I'm so excited for, for Boston, for you. I'm going to,
1: I'm excited to meet you there. It's yes. I'm going to
0: be, so I'm gonna be finishing way behind you, but I'll be thinking about you. Well, well actually, what, Girl, wave, what wave do you start great. in? Um, I am wave two corral five, I believe. Okay. Well look for me cause you'll pass me because I'm, I'm, well, I should actually move back corrals, but I'm, I'm wave to, I think I'm corral one or two, but. Oh, awesome. So you could just look, look for me as you scoot on by. <laughs> I, I'm going to stay to the oh, side cool. so people can just, cause really, truly where I'm, where I'm starting, people are going to be running like seven minute miles out the gate probably. And I'm going to be, they'll running be fast. 845s.
1: <laughs> you know, and that's okay. And you know what, with the weather, we're going to all just hold our breath and see how it goes. This is Monday, see how it right? goes. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah.
0: All right. So what is an accomplishment? We might already know the answer, but what is the an accomplishment you're most proud of?
1: Um, yeah, I think just getting to Boston, I think that's been my, you know, I guess my heart song is people have followed me on Instagram and just, um, kind of sharing that with people. I think that's just been kind of the triumph of my little running career uh to date. I think I'm just so excited to share that with everybody and just be there. I am just so excited for it.
0: Okay, Heather, what is the best most recent book you've read?
1: Okay, so I've been reading a couple. I actually listen to audiobooks like okay. when I'm running because I feel like I don't have time otherwise <laughs> to sit and read or yeah. I just fall asleep. <laughs> totally. Um or I'll like listen when I'm doing the dishes or something. But um I'm listening to a couple right now. I I started listening, finally listening to Born to Run. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I still haven't finished it. I definitely need to finish that. I listened um, to that um, one on audio too. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Did you finish it? I haven't finished it yet. I, you know what? I,
0: well, I was preparing for my, I had a Scott Jerk interview in January. So I was like trying to awesome. prepare in all the ways. And I, I listened to it on like double speed.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're like, okay, I need to get this. I need to get through this. Like, and I don't have 13 (laughs) hours
0: to get through it. So yeah, I like, I, and actually the way that guy's
1: voice that reads
0: it, uh, it was fine to listen pretty fast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I like his voice. He has a good voice. Yeah. It's, it, it's been good so far. I just haven't finished it. I hate admitting that I haven't finished it, but yeah, yeah. maybe I will now, maybe I'll put that out there Yeah, into the universe and then I'll finish it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also, I'm a really big fan of Rachel Hollis. And so I, right now I'm listening to girl, stop apologizing for okay. anybody out there that likes girl, wash your face. Um, I, I really like her. I think there's a lot of really good, um, nuggets of wisdom and Um, I really like that one. So that one I'm currently listening to and I have not finished that one yet, but I like that one so far. Is it her reading her voice? Yes, it's her reading. And I think she does a good job. She's really cute.
0: Yeah. I always said, if I ever write a book, I want to be the one reading it. It's weird when it's another person reading your words.
1: No, you have a cute voice. You could totally do it. I have like (laughs) a scratchy vocal node, vocal fried voice. No, I I could never read my own. No, I legit have vocal nodes. Like if you think it's perfect.
0: no Have I haven't seen seen, I don't know and I don't know what that is <laughs> oh shoot it's a
1: movie um you well you know I know the movie I don't it, know right? what the okay, okay, injury is the vocal injury um basically it's just overuse of your vocal cords I I used to sing a lot oh, um really? I was a music major in college and so I was like on a choir scholarship and then um it was more recently damaged just by like teaching aerobics classes and yelling, oh, yelling. at my daughter's dance competitions and just stuff like that so yeah it's kind of a long story of how it happened, but anyways, it's not, it will never be fully back to oh, the way it was, unfortunately. Dang. But That's Anyway, I wish I could have a voice like you, though. You have a really cute voice, so you could definitely <laughs> read your own book. Thank you. <laughs> um,
0: what is one message you'd like to send to the world?
1: Oh, I feel like everybody probably says this, but um, just be kind, like love everybody, and never give up on your dreams. (laughs) Like, I don't know those strung together or not, but, um, those are three things that I just really try to live by. Like, I think there's just so much, there can be so much negativity and hate in the world. And if we can look for the kindness and just love everybody and say, what do we have in common rather than what is different than us? Yeah. Then we'll all be a lot happier. I like it. I
0: love it. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. And I hope to meet you this weekend uh, in Boston.
0: Yeah, come to the live show. It's going to be so I'm gonna fun. Come. And, Will they let
1: me in if it's full?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> I should. I know. Well, I said this on my last interview, inter, like uh, pre-roll for my last podcast. Like, I mean, look, there's 550 tickets that have been sold and there's a waiting list of 50 people. I don't, this is crazy. But I think that when you have a free ticket, so many people don't show up.
1: Yeah, like, they may change their plans at the last second, and they don't huh? care
0: because they didn't pay for it. So, like,
1: because it was free,
0: it was free, and they were like, "I'll just grab my spot." But anyway, it's a huge ballroom, so it's not like it's a tiny room or anything like that. I'll just
1: sneak in the back, and I'll be like, "I'm with Lindsay." It's just, fine. No, say I was a guest. I, I've,
0: <laughs> I've literally been a guest on the show. So, yeah. Um. Good luck, and I'll see you Saturday.
1: Yes. Good luck to you too. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Okay. Thanks, Heather.
1: Casey.
0: Bye. Thank you so much, everybody for supporting the show and listening today. Thank you, Heather, for coming on and sharing your story, your road to Boston. I am going to be so excited to cheer for you. You're going to be way ahead of me on Monday in Boston, but that's okay. I'm so excited for you and can't wait to see how you do and how you do at the St. George marathon next fall. And then with your Ironman the following year. You are an inspiration and thank you for being so kind and generous with your time today. Make sure you follow Heather on Instagram, Try and Run Girl. You can find me on Instagram, lindsayhine626 and all other social media platforms. Lindsay Hine on Twitter. I'll have another podcast on Facebook. You can also find bonus content for me over on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash lindsayhine.com. Lots of bonus episodes over there that can go directly to your podcast app. It's really pretty simple and pretty awesome. And make sure you check out our sponsors for this episode. Go to generationyoucan.com slash another and use the code another19 to save 15% plus shipping. And check out those FabFitFun boxes. Go to fabfitfun.com and use the code another to get $10 off your first order. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, I'll see you next Friday. Don't put your mouth on it. Say, good luck luck. in Boston. Don't eat the microphone. Say, run fast. Uh, too bad, yeah.